Hello everyone and welcome to another episode on the podcast and uh, I'm going to be going into tier 2 of the NFL iceberg. This one's a little bit shorter uh, or should be a little bit shorter than tier 1 as there are uh, a lot less uh, possible theories on this Um, and as well as I'm not going to be uh, trying to bring down anybody because in this uh, tier there are a lot of people that are still alive so I will not be trying to come after their character at all i'm just bringing up mainly the facts on this one um and as well as the aaron hernandez topic in this i will not really be bringing in any of his personal life just anything that was really related uh to the case so uh that's really all i have to say before we start uh tier two um please like and subscribe if you're watching on youtube and freeze um Please, uh, please, uh, follow, oh, sorry, I hit the mic, please, uh, follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on, um, be really, uh, appreciative, uh, and thank you, and let's head right into tier two. Uh, so, kind of the, for the first theory, or the first, uh, topic on tier two, we have chronic traumatic, uh, this is gonna be hard to say, uh, encephalopathy. Uh, uh, which is just CTE, uh, for short, which everybody kind of calls it and everybody knows as CTE. Um, and it's a brain, uh, degeneration due to repeated head traumas, which cause concussions, short-term memory loss, impulsive behavior, and, uh, depression. Um, and these type of injuries require, like, urgent medical attention and usually is recommended to find urgent um, medical attention. But uh, for a lot of these players that do get CTE, it is kind of hard to tell if they will have it uh, because a lot of the cases, um, these people have dealt with uh, depression um, and they just haven't really, nobody's really been able to see it. Um, and then usually the brain scans after their death uh, kind of reveal that they do have CTE. Um, and it was a big part of them playing uh, football. Um, one big case uh, that really opened up CTE was Junior Seau, who, uh, you know, unfortunately died at his own will. Um, and at, later on, they did see that it was CTE because he was uh, suffering uh, depression mainly because of this condition um and then also another one uh was um sorry vincent jackson uh, who was a wide receiver for the chargers and buccaneers um and I, I believe just last season um he also uh died at his own will um and uh that was also because of uh depression um and again that was due to a possible CTE uh, diagnosis that happened after his death. Um, and many people believe that Antonio Brown could have CTE, and who really knows? Because, I mean, you can't really see. I believe you can't really see it in a brain scan while the person's still alive. Uh, if, uh, if I'm correct, I'm not really too sure about that. But, uh, I mean, a lot of people just say that because of, again, some symptoms of uh, CTE being impulsive and, uh, I mean, you know, just lots of depression, I guess, in that a lot of people see in Antonio Brown. Um, and also just, it's a part of the game. I mean, you're going to have a lot of, uh, head 
injuries, and that's why CT is such a prevalent problem in the NFL is because of what these men have to do uh, to play the sport. Uh, they're going to have to injure themselves um, and uh, cause CTE. I mean, it's, it's a very rare case with only uh, with fewer than 20,000 cases in the entire United States. So, uh, I mean, that's pretty small. Uh, in my opinion, um, and, uh, I mean, there are some treatments that can help manage the condition, but, uh, there are no, no, known cures for it, um, and, I mean, there's been some minor cases of CTE where it's possible that the patient only has it for several years, but in most cases, it is a lifelong, uh, problem, um, and a lot of them, uh, do have a lot of problems with CTE, um, in an interview, uh, you know, former running back, uh, Thomas Jones, uh, spoke on having concussions, um, and I'll put the segment here. I'm not really sure about, um, too many misconceptions people have about athletes with concussions. I mean, I just think that if you, until you've had a concussion, you, you really, you know, can't imagine how that feels. Um, it's like an out-of-body experience. That's really what it is. Um, I mean, I've had I've had times where I've been hit immediately, and I've seen stars like in the cartoons, um, where you'll see stars. Uh, I've been hit where I've seen black spots. I've been hit where I see two of you. So I see you're here and you're here, and you have to. I have to try to put you two together, put you back together. Um, I've had times where I've been hit and I literally have been in the game and the the, the coach or the quarterback or somebody was talking to me and I literally was just, I'm hearing you, but I'm not listening. You, you just, you like I said, it's an out-of-body experience. It's an out-of-body experience, you know, for you to have a concussion. And I see guys who were hit and they're out. And I've seen guys, I don't know, countless guys get knocked out right in front of me, bang. And, and the first thing that you usually see is the, or the, it's almost like their body and soul, when, when their soul left them, you know, because it's instant, boom. And then someone's like, okay, so it comes back in, body, and then it kind of goes. It's crazy. It's crazy to see it. I mean, I've seen guys get hit, get a concussion, and you look on their face, their contacts laying on the side of their cheek, bleeding from the nose, bleeding from the ear. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's serious. Concussions are serious. But we're just trained, we're warriors, we're trained to keep playing, to fight, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. And that brings us to uh, possible hidden concussions uh, in the NFL. Um, last week in Tier 1, uh, I talked about this, uh, mainly because I was talking about how hidden PED results uh, could be held uh, for, or hidden for people that are really good players uh, in the league. And uh, for this one, for hidden concussions, I've heard many stories. Uh, Gronk uh, continued to play 
because he just didn't feel like it was that bad, but uh, ended up being pretty bad because he blacked out and didn't remember the entire game. Um, and uh, in the same Thomas Jones interview, he did talk about how uh, it, the constant hits that he got, he would continue to play. Um, and while those may be his best games, he had not remembered any of the plays that he had uh, before or after he suffered the concussion. Um, Calvin Johnson was told that he cleared the concussion protocol when clearly he did not because he still did not feel good um, and he felt like he couldn't play, but he was told to go out there and play. Um, same with many players, um, just being told to go out and play uh, even though they have suffered this concussion. Um, and like Thomas Jones said at the end that they kept playing because, you know, they kind of had to, um, or they felt like they had to. Uh, a lot of players felt that, uh, especially in playoff and Super Bowl games, a lot of players just kind of decided just to fight through the concussion mainly because it's a big game and they don't want to let their team down when really, I mean, you're probably more of a liability to your team uh, being concussed than, uh, you know, being healthy. So, uh, a lot of players have uh, come out and said that they've hidden their concussions from, you know, the team, the coaches, everything, um, and they've continued to play. But uh, uh, it's it's a really bad situation in the NFL, just overall, just with concussions. Um, and, yeah, hidden concussions, very big deal uh, in the NFL. Uh, now moving on to something that's kind of outside of the NFL uh, was the Ray Lewis uh, murder case, I'm going to say murder case with quotations around it, um, mainly because Ray Lewis was not involved in the murder, even though a lot of people think that he was, um, so this case started in 2000, uh, when Ray Lewis and a couple of his friends were at a Super Bowl party, um, and then after the party, I guess, you know, there was some extracurricular, uh, talking, um, and that led to two of Ray Lewis's friends, uh, fighting with the other two people that were talking, um, and, uh, you know, they were fighting, and <clears throat> that somehow led to two people being murdered, um, and, uh, Ray Lewis was just watching, so he was a witness to the murder, um, so he was, he didn't, he wasn't involved with the act of murdering, but he was, uh, a witness, and I think that's what made, uh, most people kind of remember, is that he was involved in the case, but he actually was not, uh, or, he, I mean, he was, but he was a witness, and he was not actively killing anybody, um, so, yeah, so, uh, Ray Lewis was a witness to murder, um, and he was not involved, um, so at the end of, at the end of the case, everybody was acquitted on charge of all their charges, mainly because it was, uh, said to be, uh, self-defense, which is, you know, not warranting for, uh, being sent to prison for murder, uh, even though Ray Lewis was, uh, in prison for just a little bit, I'd say, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, uh, Ray Lewis, he kind of, uh, I guess you could say, uh, uh, snitched, if you want to say that, um, on his friends for the party, uh, mainly because Ray Lewis, uh, just felt that if he kept anything, uh, then it'd just cause him more trouble 
and also he just wanted to continue playing in the NFL, um, which he did. And in 2013, which I'll talk about later, he did win a Super Bowl. Um, but uh, yeah, he just he basically told you know the judge everything, the court everything, uh, basically everything that happened that night. Um, and then he actually his two friends that ended up committing the murder had no prison time whatsoever. Um, Ray Lewis, I think, served some time, mainly just for some minor charges. I think he was out, like, after, like, two days. Um, so, he hadn't really been in prison for that long. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so then everybody was acquitted of their charges. Nobody went to prison, really, uh, or spent elongated time in prison. So, uh, just a lot of misconception around that case. Uh, so I was just clearing that up, uh, with that. Now heading into a uh, very heavy topic, here is uh, domestic violence. Um, now, domestic violence, uh, you know, I'm not really going to be going in, in too deep with it, just a slight trigger warning if the mention of it uh, is bad, but uh, domestic violence uh, has caused for 55% of the total arrest uh, in NFL players um, which is, yeah, the highest, actually, um, I mean, it is 55%, uh, it is the highest, uh, um, arrest, I guess, uh, for all, for most of the NFL players in the league, um, which was interesting when I first saw that stat, I, I didn't think it happened, like, that much in the NFL, but now looking back on it, there have been a lot of cases, uh, throughout the years of, of a domestic violence charge against an NFL player, um, and mo some people related to a possible CTE symptom of aggression or, you know, head trauma symptom of aggression, which is a possibility. But um, I really I really wouldn't. I th the NFL has kind of put that out there uh, as the main narrative as, oh, yeah, you got head trauma and it's aggression. So it's not our fault. It's, you know, their fault type of thing. Um, but really... It is the NFL's fault, I'd say. Uh, the NFL hasn't really punished players for domestic violence, uh, you know, through the past. I mean, it's gotten a lot better um, as the years have gone by, but uh, it still is kind of bad. Um, many players can, I mean, unlike Ray Rice, where Ray Rice was just banned from the NFL overall and just wasn't, wasn't able to play. I mean, you have players like Adrian Peterson, who... A lot of people kind of forget, but, uh, you know, he was relating domestic violence charge. Um, and then, you know, he's, I mean, he's a great player overall, but, uh, I mean, he's still in the league. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, who is also in a domestic violence charge, uh, you know, he's still playing in the NFL. There's a lot of, uh, punishments that really aren't there. I mean, luckily, Darius Geis, who, uh, was fine with the, uh, domestic violence charge, um, he was released from uh, the football team um, and then, uh, you know, hasn't really been able to play anywhere. So, I mean, uh, I mean, it's been getting a little bit better, uh, but I feel like there's a complex in the NFL that uh, since they're in a power, like a position of power, NFL players are in a position of power, that they can really just get away with anything. Um, and the NFL that isn't really doing anything to stop them from doing that. Uh, I mean, there's a lack of discipline, 
uh, that are, that has been shown. So, um, it, I mean, if you're not really showing any any uh, backlash against the player, then the players are going to continue to do it because if if they can do something and get away with it, most likely those people are going to be able to do it and they're going to be able to get away with it. So, um, yeah, it's just really bad. Um, and really bad situation in the NFL. Um, and I think NFL should do, the NFL should do, um, you know, a lot more in trying to, uh, you know, punish these players that have done these bad things because a lot of players just feel like they can get away with anything because they're famous football player. But in reality, they're hurting other people, um, and they're hurting themselves. So I think the NFL really should do something about this. Uh, now heading into our next topic, which is, again, another... I think the next two are pretty heavy topics, but I will end it off on a lighter note. Uh, so, um, I mean, you can probably skip to the end. Uh, but this one is going to be about Aaron Hernandez, who was a former tight end for the University of Florida and a former tight end for the New England Patriots. Um, and, um, I mean, there was a, there's been a lot of... Uh, talk uh, around this one uh, as of late but um he's had a lot of uh he had a lot of uh run-ins with uh you know the police and uh court and everything like that um in 2012 there was a possible uh double homicide attempt uh, where two people were shot in a car um and one was shot in the back of the head survived and one was uh i believe shot in the arm and also survived. Um, now, this one was uh, ended up not being Aaron Hernandez's fault, mainly because uh, it was the person, the witnesses, or the witness slash witness witnesses and slash victims claimed that it was somebody that looked like Aaron Hernandez. Basically, profiled him as Aaron Hernandez, um, and he pointed him out in. Uh, police investigation um but other people other witnesses uh at the scene of the crime said that it looked more like a black male uh not a mexican or hawaiian male um and the uh, victim said that it could have been aaron hernandez possibly or he thought it, it could have been aaron hernandez possibly mainly because of words that they had at the nightclub, I believe, um, and it was pretty bad, I guess, uh, but the victim ended up being wrong, it was not him, um, and Aaron Hernandez was, you know, quit of all charges there, um, and then in 2013, um, yeah, in 2013, Miami shooting of Alexander Bradley, who was, um, one of, who was one of Aaron Hernandez's friends at the time, um, uh, and basically, uh, I mean, their friendship around this time of the shooting was kind of sour, um, I mean, there were cops at a, uh, strip club that Aaron Hernandez was at, um, and, uh, and there were cops there, um, or possibly cops, uh, Aaron Hernandez thought that they could have been undercover cops that, you know, didn't have any uniform on, um, <clears throat> and then Alexander Bradley was kind of ra trying to rationalize the situation as, 
possible cops. I mean, the cops could just be there for that 2012 double homicide case because I believe it was still going on around this time. Um, but uh, they were just looking into Aaron Hernandez, and there was no formal arrest around this time. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, I believe so. Uh, and then uh, Alexander Bradley, uh, they he went home. Um, but then later on, a few days later after this, um, Alexander Bradley was found shot in a parking lot. Um, but he did survive. He just had to, uh, he ended up losing his right eye from the incident. Um, and he decided not to talk about Aaron Hernandez. He, uh, did not speak on who did in fact shoot him. Um, but, uh, I mean, before the, before the shooting, you can see many texts between the two that were just, you know, that were bad, um, and then after the shooting, just many death threats sent to each other via text, um, and it was just really a bad situation there, and then in the end, the 2013 murder of Odin Floyd, which is really the main, uh, killing that, uh, you know, he had, Aaron Hernandez had, um, to go more in depth, Odin, Odin Lloyd was another friend of his, um, and, sorry, um, and, uh, so the body was found at a park a mile away from Aaron Hernandez's house, um, and, sorry, um, and then when he was, uh, questioned by the police, he denied, uh, any murder uh, accusations, and then he went to the, uh, the Patriots, um, front office and said that it, he did not commit a murder, um, and, uh, but from this, he was banned, uh, from the stadium, um, and multiple players cut ties with him, uh, a week before his arrest, um, and he was charged with first-degree murder and five related gun charges, um, two other men, uh, that were possibly along, are going along with him, were also sentenced, uh, and, um, uh, he pled, he pled, uh, I guess, uh, not guilty, he pled not guilty on September 6th, 2013, um, but later was found guilty uh, on April 15th, 2015, um, and then, uh, he was sentenced to life in prison, uh, due to the Massachusetts, uh, legal, uh, side, um, they, uh, any murder charge is warranted for life in prison, um, and then, uh, there was no motive that was really found, um, but a possible motive was, uh, that, uh, Odin Lloyd could have known Hernandez's bisexuality, um, and Hernandez did not want to go out, um, and this mainly because the NFL was kind of closed-minded back then, I guess you could say, in 2013, um, about, what, nine years ago, now we have the first gay player in the NFL, but, um, yeah, just, it was, uh, um, I guess it's understandable to not want your sexuality be released out to the public, especially in, uh, uh, in a, uh, in a group of people, um, in a community that's not really that accepting, I'd say, um, back then, uh, but I don't think it's warranted for murder, so, it, there, there's a possibility that has been thrown out there, uh, I'm not sure, 
really. Um, there's a Netflix documentary, uh, The Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez, which uh, I would consider checking out if you are interested in what really happened. Uh, but that's really all I could kind of get into without trying to, without being demonetized or, you know, something from YouTube. And going into another uh, topic, another heavy topic, uh, was the Michael Vick uh, dogfighting topic. Um, so Michael Vick, uh, he was playing in Atlanta for a while, I'd say since 2003, 2002. Um, and he was a really big star in Atlanta. Every kid wanted to be him. Um, I mean, he's an electric star in Atlanta. Um, and then uh, in 2007, he was arrested and sent to prison for nearly two years on uh, dog fighting charges um, and also just breaking some of his parole conditions, um, which, you know, made, him, made his sentence a little bit longer. Um now I believe that he did not he did not uh have any dogs that fought, but he would host the dog fighting parties, I guess you can call them, um, and was also betting on them, so obviously was guilty on these charges. Um and uh he was reinstated in the NFL into the NFL in two thousand ten with the Eagles. Um, and then he won, uh, comeback player of the year in 2010. Um, and then he went to the Jets and retired with the Steelers. Um, I mean, many people, um, I mean, remember him for his career. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's kind of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't really believe him when, uh, he did start to, uh, be an advocate for, uh, dog safety and dog health. Uh, especially after he uh, was released in 2010, a lot of people believe that you know he was he did, he had really changed. Um, he was just doing what would have been seen as good from a lot of people, um, and I mean uh, he's uh, earned a lot of forgiveness from a lot of people, um, uh, mainly because now that his career is over. A lot of people just mainly remember him for his career, even though there are a lot of dog fighting jokes uh, when it got, does come to Michael Vick. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he just was arrested in tw uh, 2007 for the dog fighting charges. Came back into the NFL in 2010. Um, had a pretty good career with the Eagles, and then kind of trickled down with the Jets and the Steelers. Um, and uh, I mean. Uh, it's again it kind of shows the lack of discipline from the NFL, but he was imprisoned. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess you can differentiate uh, the man from the career uh, that he had, and he had a really great career. Uh, but uh, a lot of people still are friends with him, and he's still kind of public out there uh, with multiple TV deals. So uh, you know, it's interesting to see that uh what happens you know but uh really big situation back then uh now starting or ending off uh the episode uh with a lighter topic will be the super bowl 47 uh power outage or blackout um so the super bowl was with the ravens 
against the 49ers in 2013, which in my opinion is a really underrated Super Bowl because that was a great Super Bowl. Uh, but this happened with about 13 minutes left in the third quarter. Um, and this halted the game for about a half an hour. Um, and at the moment of the blackout, the Ravens were up 28-6. to um, And then after the blackout, the 49ers rallied all of a sudden to cut the deficit to 28 to 23 um and uh it was it was getting close there uh then the 49ers uh kind of went up again to the Ravens 7 yard line uh but they uh in a controversial no call uh on fourth down they turned the ball over on downs um and uh and then uh you know the Ravens went down scored a little bit the 49ers went down scored a little bit um and the Ravens ended up winning 34 to 31 uh on the last play the Ravens took a safety so technically it was 34 to 29 but uh the final score 34 to 31 uh the Ravens won Ray Lewis got his last ring and retired from the NFL um but the main theory with, with this is that could have Roger Goodell uh, could he have really, uh, you know, forced this power outage and, uh, somehow aid the 49ers and, uh, possibly winning the game or some higher up official or something that caused this blackout? Cause, I mean, the 49ers were doing really bad before this. I mean, they were down 28 to 6 with, at the start of the third quarter. It just was not looking good. Then all of a sudden they score 17 straight points to go into the fourth quarter with only being down five points. There's a possibility that this blackout could have been caused by somebody that wanted the 49ers to win. They ended up not winning, but that's really the main only the main uh, argument is that the 49ers still didn't win. So I mean, how effective was the blackout? But Still, I mean, you know that that question is being floated around. Um, could could have uh, could have somebody with a lot of power forced this uh, blackout at Super Bowl Forty Seven, and uh, possibly led to the Forty ers rallying to only lose by three. Uh, but who knows? Really, uh, this one was just kind of a silly one, I guess, that you could throw in there. Uh, due to just the heavy topics in tier two. So, uh, it's kind of a fun one. It's kind of up there, not really that serious. Uh, but, uh, it is a really interesting one to look into. And that'll be all for tier two of the cons- uh, conspiracy theory tier list. Um, iceberg, I guess you could say. Um, I will be doing the tier three, uh, Next week, I'm probably only going to do half of those series because that uh, tier three is kind of long. So I will probably be splitting tier three into two parts. But uh, so far, uh, that is it. Uh, I may uh, release a video of ranking the conspiracy theory so far uh, from the past two tiers. Maybe uh, might shoot that one if I do have time. But uh, overall, really great uh, uh, iceberg so far. Uh, let me know what you guys think of this. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And share and follow 
or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're on. Have a great rest of your day and thank you.